What do you think, darling? Should I hate him? No, that's true, but... I don't know, there's just something about him. Something around my eyes. Gooch. Sweet. Let's do it. History of comedy. Yeah. Ready for this? Yeah. All right. Why Why do people love comedy? What do you think? Comedy just makes it, makes it feel good. Laughing is makes it... It's undeniable. Laughing at something is going to make you feel good. Yeah. Um, serotonin release. I'm not sure what exactly it is. Like. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely thing. it. I meant to look into it, too, like before we started, like the psychological effects of like laughter and comedy, but yeah. I never really got around to it yeah but you're a fan of comedy right oh big time yeah personally like i love comedy like i think what i love about it is people's like unique observations of the world around them mm-hmm. you different know? perspectives yeah it makes me want to be creative yeah you know like Think when creatively. i when you hear a really good comic you're like and not just not just comedy like you just want to be creative in general mm-hmm. same way same thing kind of like with songwriters yeah when you hear a good song it's inspiring yeah it's also kind of pisses you off a little bit yeah <laughs> do you think that uh like how do you feel about the current format like of, of comedians do you feel like there it's like hard for people to find their own voice because they're all trying to replicate like someone else like i feel like there's like that like they all do like that same like pacing they all like kind of deliver punches the same way yeah what comedians do you like that like are unique in that way where they're they're truly unique I like I'm Segura. I, I, Segura comes to mind because he's yeah. like like stories and just like the way he talks is just so funny. But like yeah, like there's like imitators and innovators, like Chappelle, dude. Like that dude's an innovator. Yeah, the way he like builds up a story into a punchline, mm-hmm. it's like no other. And yeah. you're not laughing for like five minutes sometimes because you're just so enthralled in like what he's saying. He's talking about some serious stuff, it's deep stuff. Yeah, Joe Rogan's like, good says some something at the end is like yeah you're just like i did not genius. see it going that way yeah. at all but yeah uh do, do you remember we uh we performed at the improv when we were in the band and uh yeah it was for this dude that basically like threw his own roast who does that do, I, is that like, what you do no dude you don't throw your own that's the whole point of a roast yeah it's like other people have to throw it for you because they're like they like respect you it was so awkward playing that thing. When the comedians like just weren't that good either. Like I remember they got this girl to go up there and she told a joke. She told the like, what's the difference between his name was Manny. I remember Manny. What's the difference between Manny and a picnic table? You know, this joke, uh, but that's just like a remake Dude, of a classic joke. Exactly. You heard that in kindergarten. She was like a picnic table can support a family. And the host, the MC was like, oh, I've never heard that one before. And this dude was like a supposed like veteran. Anyways, let's get into it. We got the history of comedy here. What is comedy? So I'm going to read off a quick definition here for you. And I I like the way this is described. So comedy is a form of fiction. It's meant to be humorous and amusing. Fiction. Fiction. Yeah. It's meant to be humorous and amusing by inducing laughter. And I think that's such an interesting definition because people take comedy so seriously, right? 
It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. You know? Like, they take it so seriously, and it's not even... I don't know. It's like, I, I feel like... Uh, like, they don't even necessarily belong to the group, or, you know what I mean? Like, that that, that group of people that's being made fun of, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But they still take it, like, offensive. It's just fascinating to me. There's a, there's a line when you... When you really can take some comedians like what they're saying like are they saying something that's like just blatantly messed up or are they being serious yeah there's a line for sure but i mean most people just i think assume out of context anyways well moving on but i mean maybe we should remind ourselves though that like the definition of it is like a form of fiction so it's all rooted it's somebody's Mm. observation it's not real life yeah i mean whatever um, one thing that I really like about comedy as well is, is comedy is always focused on people as social beings rather than individuals. You know, like I, this makes me think of like comics like during the pandemic that tried to do stand up over Zoom and mm-hmm. it was just like a flop. Yeah. You know, just like it didn't work. Uh, we rely so heavily on that human interaction. Mm-hmm. Like we can't we can't function without it. Can't be comedians without it without a crowd. Yeah, definitely. There's no way. Like if it was just like me cracking jokes at you for like an hour wouldn't be i mean sometimes i guess it could be funny it can be done but it not just not you, you laugh in a crowd and you, know, yeah. you laugh in a crowd is what you do you think like makes a hard crowd um like is there kind of probably like a, a strong opinion but is there like a is there like a social contract you think that like people either laugh or they're not, like or they don't no uh, i think it's just like having a closed mind or not yeah, it's interesting. I've heard interviews where they're like, yeah, there's like times where you're in a crowd of like 10 people and it's awesome. And then there's, you know, you can be in like a crowd of 100 people and it's awesome. And then you can get the complete inverse of that too, where it's just like totally. nobody's laughing. Matter, yeah. what, could, what, you know, uh, there's probably a lot of research on that. We should look it up. Anyways, more about the history of comedy. Today, comedy includes mediums such as film, uh, stand-up, Television, radio, the list goes on. Improv. Dude, I friggin' love improv. Like, just like respect to those people that yeah. think on their feet. Gotta say yes to everything. Like, I wish I could do stand-up, but I wish I could do improv, too. It's a, I don't know if it's harder, but it's hard. Yeah, like whose line is it anyway? Yes, it's, that's impossible to come up with I mean, that's like very like like generic videos. improv. What's that improv group that we used to go see... There's one at the... Um, it's in Fullerton, right? spot by the train station was the Maverick. What's it called, though? Um, something City, maybe? No. No, I, uh, I'll go back to that. Russell's Second listening. City. Russell's listening. Russell knows. Like, uh, God, I, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, we talked about like modern mediums, but I don't want to start here, obviously. Let's go to the beginning, okay? We're going to go back to 425 BCE, okay? Whoa. Uh, yeah, we're going pretty far back. As I was putting this episode together, I was really shocked at some of the parallels that I was seeing the times we're in now. Like, it's crazy. Let's just let's just get into that. Um, as I've mentioned before, this show will remain neutral, I think, when it comes to politics. Social agendas, I feel like I'm discovering you can't really avoid them. Anyways, um, but I will remain neutral when it comes to politics. But I just want to give fair warning that we're going to mention, we're going to mention, like, you know, something called political satire. So we can't completely avoid it, right? Comedy dates as far back as 425 BCE. I checked multiple sources, and that's the consensus. 425 BCE. I was like looking for conflicting. Anyways, couldn't find it. There's a lot of years before that where there's just no funny people. Yeah. They're just... 
I'm guessing maybe this was like around the time where like things are being recorded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's actual like records, like books and records and stuff. So this is probably as I don't know. Check me on that. But it's probably as, as far say. back as, as records go, you know? Comedy is derived from the Greek verb meaning to revel. Who? I just wrote to revel. You know what to revel means? Um, revel makes like really nice automobile and airplane models. Now, doesn't it just mean to like enjoy yourself though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, revel. Yeah, to yeah, enjoy to yourself. Revel. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted there. Yeah, no, no worries. It's all good. But yeah, so it means to revel. Apparently, the term originated in ancient Greece, as I just said, where comedy was used as a means to influence voters through political satire. So, it's, so comedy was essentially used to sway public opinion. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, that's not much has changed. Right now, you're like somewhat of a theater nerd, right? Somewhat. Yeah. So techie at heart. So what? Right. Right. So what is uh what is satire? Can you describe to the audience? Satire, what satire is? is like when you're. <clears throat> When you're being like just blatantly mocking of something, but maybe like acting serious, like yeah. taking yourself seriously, but just I think being it also so in, wrong that it's you know that they're wrong. Yeah, I think it also includes like over exaggeration mm-hmm. and irony. Yeah, those types of things, right? Um, so when you look at the term like political satire, right, you're looking at like over exaggerating political views is essentially what we're saying, right? And in this case, oh, like like back in like ancient Greece, it was to sway voters. So I mean, this is sounding like oddly familiar. The yeah. the comedians were the media. They were essentially they were trying to like sway public opinion. Yeah. Just by like, you know, the jesters were the Hannitys and the Carlsons. Yeah, exactly. Now but it's funny. like they were actually funny. Now we just do this on Twitter. I feel like if this were today, like there'd be like theatrical performers like basically yelling from a theater like things like. Like Mexico only sends over rapists <laughs> or like, like ivermectin is horse dewormer. <laughs> yeah. Like these are like two topics that, you know, on yeah. either side, right. That are both ridiculous. Tried to remain neutral by giving an example of either side, but both ridiculous, right? If you believe either of those things, like give me a call, you know, we'll, we'll talk you through it. Chat them up. We'll talk you through how to use the Googles. You know what I'm saying? It's not hard. Greek comedy has often been described as dramatic and wait for it with the goal of turning two groups against each other. That's a very interesting definition. Yeah. So the roots of comedy were to get people to disagree. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Wow. Right. So these groups that they're trying to get to, you know, um, like to, that they're trying to split essentially are categorized usually by age, gender, or just like societies as a whole, right? Different, like, like just different views. And, and again, this just keeps like hitting closer to home, right? I was like mind blown doing the research. Like we've just been living in ancient Greece this whole time. Yeah. It's essentially what's happening today. So absolutely. Right. So by definition, right. Turning groups against each other. It's arguable that Fox or CNN are two of the best platforms for comedians, right? I mean, it only makes sense, right? I mean, they do a very good job at dividing people. Absolutely. And oftentimes by age. Yeah. Like you think about Fox, it's like all these old conservatives. 55 plus. Easy. Yeah. CNN. Probably a little younger. Yeah. I feel like old people listen to both. Like, I feel like you get your news. TV media in general is kind of a... 40, 55 plus kind of thing. Yeah. I get all my news from the internet. Right. I hear about something and then I go do research on it. Like people are supposed to do. 
if something blows up, yeah, then I'll I'll dig in. Okay. Anyways, enough about politics. You know, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll kind of get off that train. Uh, we made it through. I think we stayed pretty neutral. What do you think? Man, pretty neutral. Not too bad. We're pretty damn neutral yeah. on this whole thing. All right. So let's get out of that. We're going to talk about the types of comedy. The first type of comedy that we're going to talk about is screwball comedy. You know what that is? Mm, definitely nothing baseball related. No, but think about it. Screwball, just kind of screwy, wacky and out there and screwy. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like improbable, but hilarious nonetheless, which is like most comedic films today. Like all these like scenarios that would never, ever happen. I think of movies like This is the End. Mad, just absolute yeah. madness. They like airplane. Yeah, like Jonah Hill gets like banged by the devil. <laughs> yeah. Tenacious D, yeah, just like yeah. absolute. It's sick. Then there's there's so that's screwball comedy. Then there's black comedy, which is just like Dave Chappelle, oh, Kevin Hart, Michael Che. No, I'm just kidding, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what black what black comedy is is actually it, it highlights the darker aspects of human behavior. So it's kind of like you know like the darker side of like human human nature, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting. The uglier bits. Yeah, and then to kind of like pivot off of that, there's scato- scatological. I don't know what scatological means. It's like I just, scattergories. Yeah, I just wrote it down. Scatological, sexual, and race humor. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that somewhere between like black comedy and all of like the scatological, sexual, race humor, this is probably where like the most offensive humor comes in. This is where people take a lot of offense to that. Right? What are your thoughts? Yeah, race jokes are pretty easily... Uh taken to heart yeah they're kind of off the table now yeah which i think is okay for the most part i'm uh yeah i'm okay with that progress that's fine you know that's okay with me and then there's romantic humor and i imagine that like this type of humor is likable because we've all probably had like really embarrassing stories when it comes to like to romance think back to like your teenage years all of us were like yeah, the yeah. blunder years. We were oh, all yeah. weird. We're awkward as hell. Just awkward and, and like cringy, we have to get like weird. dropped off on dates by like our parents. Yeah, it's just like it's just cringy like when you weird. think, dude. I like, hate thinking back to high school sometimes. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. You have but the biggest zit on your head. Just pop it. Yeah, dude. Just do yeah anything. <laughs> or like you have something stuck in your teeth you didn't know until you got in the car. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. I think the reason why we love this is like when we're watching like romantic humor, we're just glad it's not us. We're like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. You know, I'm over that. I'm married now. It don't matter. Mm. You know what I mean? All right. So we talked about ancient Greece. I think we got to make just like a quick stop at uh, at Shakespeare here. We got to talk about Shakespeare and comedy. Oh yeah. Cause you can't talk about comedy without referencing Shakespeare. It's just not allowed. This is the goat, right? Shakespearean comedy, you know what differentiates this type of comedy or what, what, what categorizes it as like a Shakespearean comedy? You know what tragedy is? Tragedies are just nothing good happens and people die. Yeah. It's just like a tragic ending. Like tip, like, like Romeo and Juliet is like pretty tragic. Mm -hmm. Like they both die at the end. Less than, less than ideal. Less than ideal. A comedy is literally just a play with a happy ending. Ah, yeah. Not even like humor. No, I mean, it, it, like they do, they can include humor, but like it's really just categorized as a play, at least a Shakespearean comedy is categorized as a play with a happy ending. Right. Yeah. Just the smiley face on the other side of the frowning face. Exactly. Hmm. So, yeah. So like, as I mentioned before, not all of his comedies contained humor. They just had a nice ending. 
an interesting bit of information was like satire used to be considered the highest intellectual form of comedy. And this was especially true when Shakespeare was coming into his own. So what made his work stand out is that he was able to appeal to the upper classes and other intellectuals by producing non-satirical comedies. So he was witty with the words. a little harder to do. Yeah. He was wittier with the words. Like everybody's like, you know, wanting to hear satire. He's just like out there writing like Romeo and Juliet and whatever other, I don't know, work he did. But you get the point. A couple other pieces. Right. He used characters in his in his comedies, which, you know, was like another like key key feature of those or, you know, key characteristic. Um, he uses characters such as like the fool, the drunk or the saucy wench. Ooh, saucy, 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 uh, which I thought was funny. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? What does it mean to be saucy? I think of saucy wench. I think of like a, a, a beer brothel. I don't know. I think of Post Malone. He's a, he's a pretty like saucy. 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 No. Oh, we're going to play that one. Okay. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, he also mastered elements like double entendre, which leaves things open to interpretation. Think double meaning. Mm-hmm. Like when I said that his plays end in happy endings. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Hey. Nice one. Giggity. <laughs> right? He used concepts like mistaken identity. And the use of twins, which I think was pretty cool. This gives off like Fred and George vibes from Harry Potter. Classic mix-ups. Classic mix-ups. J.K. Rowling, funny. like, I think she played that card pretty heavily in the films and in the in the books. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he used the concept of like miscommunication, which is like you see it happening. You know, like you see them like the wrong person getting the letter. You're just like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> oh god. Yeah. This is going to get, this is like when you send a text to your mom instead of like your girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, that's Ugh. like, yeah, dude, that's like classic. But like without watching, knowing. Yeah. Without knowing. He also used elements of cross-dressing and even things like gender to convey comedy, which like all the, the men, men played all the roles in, in Shakespearean plays. He didn't like, ha- women didn't play women. It was all men. Wow. Did you know that? I don't think I knew that. Even Juliet to. was... Had some fake bosoms back in the, yeah, back in the day. Right. And then Monty Python like went on to do the same thing. Like they were yeah. all dudes. Those guys were funny. They dude. were funny. Well, then it, do. it was funny watching them yeah. play women. You yeah. do a whole episode on Monty Python, dude. Yeah. So good. Like so classic. Mm. In comedy, what's cool is that women actually usually held a great deal of power. Where like in tragedies, they were just kind of like, get back in the kitchen. You know, like it was like. Die. Yeah, or, yeah, they just had no power at all. But in comedies, women had a lot of power. Which, what does that say? You know, is that like giving the wrong message? Like, is it funny for women to be in power? Like, did they make fun of queens and stuff? Like, what does that mean? Like, why only in comedies do they have power? I don't know. Different mm. times. Those different times, man. Yeah, talk to George R. R. Martin. He'll uh, yeah, there's he'll some teach you how to strong females. Yeah, and some super Martin strong books. females. Um, and one last thing that I want to highlight is like this, uh, this concept of a battle of wits. Like what does that remind you of right oh, off the bat? Uh, it's inconceivable. Uh, yeah. Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. Princess Bride, dude. The dude gets, uh, bamboozled. Mm-hmm. They both got poisoned. Great scene. Great scene, dude. Yeah. He just like, he just goes from like mid laugh and then collapses <laughs> and dies. <laughs> dude, it's so perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what I wrote here is that it reminds me of the Princess Bride. Now, the reason I mention these elements of, of Shakespearean comedy is because this is how we continue to form jokes today. We still use double entendre, the use of like puns and all of those types of things. And you essentially wouldn't be where we're at today without Shakespeare. 
-hmm. he kind of laid like the modern framework of comedy, which leads me to the modern era of comedy. So we're talking about like the Shakespearean area. Now we're in the modern era of comedy. And this is where you get into stand-up comedy, right? So we all know what this is, right? Should I like elaborate on what stand-up comedy is? I don't know. I mean, get up on stage and tell jokes or stories that are funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, so the onstage factor is the, st- the stand-up thing? Yeah, the, the way they describe it is just like a comic monologue. Yeah. Super simple. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. We all get it. I don't think there's really a way to like define it more than that. Uh, what, what, uh, what are any, like, what are like the current stand-up comedies, comedies, stand-up comedies, the stand-up comics that you enjoy today? Anyone you really admire? Um, I showed you Mark Normand. Yeah. Um, he's one of the funniest guys he's around He's pretty good. He's got kind of like right a... Now. He's got kind of like a dweeby, yeah, like voice. I'm like, hey, yeah, zingers. He's funny, dude. He's so funny. Yeah, I'm a big John Mulaney fan. Mine mm. are all like heavy hitters. Like, I don't really waste my time with like the underground comics. Like, I just want to, I just want to laugh, you know. Yeah. So I like like Mulaney. Pete Holmes is good. He's not as popular, but he's like he's super funny to me. And there's like Louis C.K. And then obviously like Chappelle. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Burt Kreischer? Are you a Burt Kreischer fan? Yeah. You I, are? I have I don't know a lot uh, of his stuff, but like the machine story is just that super is a really funny. funny story. There's something about Burt Kreischer though I just can't get into. Like he's a little over the top. A little over the top. It like seems fake to me. Yeah. I don't, I'm I sure don't know. That, I'm sure he's super fun to hang that's out with. A, that's what I was just going to say. Like, yeah. I feel like I would love to hang out with that dude. Mm-hmm. His comedy's good, too. He's got, like, you know, he's got good jokes. He just always seems like, okay, and then this is what we're going to do. Yeah, he's super, like, yeah, he's whoa. super hyped. And I don't know. They say, too, like, you can't, <laughs> you can't, like, be judgmental towards comics until you've actually done it. Yeah. Right? Which leads me to my next question. Do you have any desire to do any stand-up? Desire's there. I've written... Maybe two pages of stand-up yeah. that I read like the next day, and I was like, "This is not funny." But definitely, there's well, desire. but you don't know if it's funny until you get on stage. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's kind of part of it too. It's true, man. So, like they Maybe say, like if you're not shot. if you're not working like every night of the week, like you're not you're not I've, working as a comic. I've heard people say you have to do comedy for ten years to like really yeah. be like get in your pocket. I have a desire to do it. Um, I'm obviously afraid of bombing, but I mean, I've bombed before, dude. I like, I kind of compare it to like interviews. Mm-hmm. Like I've done a lot of interviews to get to where I am today. And like I've bombed and it sucks. And I can imagine yeah. the feeling is kind of the same, but I don't know. There's something about being vulnerable. I think like with jokes, that's probably a little bit different. Maybe harder kind of putting like a, you know, maybe something that's a little controversial or out there like humor is like everybody has a different sense of humor for you know one joke to land in the you know a little crowd of 10 people or however big two yeah. people like you really gotta yeah connect with those people like be personable and universal at the same time kind yeah of it would it would be hard for sure and i think too like and and you're a creative i'm a creative like we you know we do the musics and all that kind of stuff it's hard getting like like any sort of feedback on something that you're so passionate about. Um, Without an audience. But. Or in other ears. Yeah. But it would be hard, I think, to, like, you have to put yourself out there all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could you could make music and never show anyone. It's true. But with comedy, it's like, you I have do. to get up there, and then people are either going to laugh or they're not. Mm-hmm. And. How are you going to know? Like, you have to have that vulnerability. How would you know? Yeah. How will they know? 
How will they know? How will they know? A <laughs> um, couple facts here about stand-up comedy. I didn't really go too deep on this because we all really know. It's the modern era, right? We're modern. Prime time. You know, prime time. I didn't know that stand-up comedy dated back to the 1850s. I would have thought that... It, I mean, maybe it does go back further, but like they maybe say like like it got popular maybe in the 1850s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's probably some sort of reason for that. Like, like the with, format of stand-up. Yeah, like the format of it. They started doing like slapstick comedy. Yeah. Those types of things. I'm um, sure there was like some, you know... You like, know what, what else uh, was a thing? was like, sl- uh, not slapstick, um, silent comedy. Like they started doing like... Chaplin like, stuff? Like Chaplin, but yeah, just like skits without any words. Kind of goes into slapstick though, I guess. I don't know. There's I don't know some crossover. Yeah. Anyways... Um, and it, so it originated or dates back to the 1850s. It was popular in the United Kingdom and performed in music halls, which is much like it is today. That format hasn't really changed. Yeah. Like lots of comics these days actually go on tours, like music hall tours or theater tours. Mm-hmm. Still a common practice today. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Comedians. So obviously comedians are the people that choose to take on the art form of comedy, right? I mean... To, to put it lightly, that's what a comedian is. Yeah. Right? We're going to talk about jesters. A jester or a fool was a member of a noble house or employed by a monarch to entertain guests. It's a pretty hard flex. Entertaining's like, not easy. Well, not to be a jester, but to be like, yo, <laughs> I have a jester. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, imagine you're just like, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> like. Entertain. Come, please. Make me laugh. Yes, come over here. Um, anyways, that was a terrible accent. But um, So this was uh, during like the medieval and renaissance eras. Now, they're not limited to the upper classes. It wasn't just like we only perform for the upper classes. Jets, jesters also performed for the common folk in markets and fairs. And I immediately think of the movie like Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame? Notre Dame? Dame. Dame. That's like what I first think of, like the Festival of Fools or whatever. Yeah. Pretty dope scene. You, you familiar with that movie at all? It's been like so long. But, yeah. yeah, I watched it recently, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Actually, let's let's talk about that for a little bit. The the villain in that movie is like super interesting because he like wants to bang Esmeralda the whole time. Okay, you got to remind me of all this. It was like six when I saw. No, it. I mean like, yeah, he just wants to bang her the whole time, and I didn't realize that as a kid, but I realized that as adult, and as an adult, you know, I had no idea. It's like yeah, it's weird. I was actually a jester for my first Halloween. You were? Fun fact, yeah. That's cute. It was cool. I had like my routine down and shit. Oh, yeah? No, I'm just kidding. Juggling balls? I was, I was like six months old or whatever. Uh, just juggling balls, playing <laughs> playing a guitar. Prodigy. Um, jesters, as we know, wore funny hats and eccentric outfits. Pretty common knowledge. But they were also very skilled. Mm-hmm. Very skilled. Mm. They could sing. They could play music. They mastered storytelling, which is pretty hard to do. And then they also practiced aerobatics, acrobatics, <laughs> uh, juggling, jokes, and magic. So they, you know. Yeah, you got to yeah. do it all. You got to do it all, dude. It's pretty, yeah, when you think about it, like these people were like really talented back in the day. Yeah. Who's a comedian that's like really talented like that now? I don't know, nothing that's coming to mind even. I mean, I mean, some can like sing and play. I know Bill Burr like plays drums. Yeah. You know, you know who's pretty talented actually? I don't know if. I mean, I guess he's a comedian. Jimmy Fallon, dude. Oh, yeah. He sings. He plays instruments. That guy's like legit. He's pretty funny. He has a really good like Bono U2 impression. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like 
oh, I don't know if it was because you know like how Bono like got hit by a car in Central Park. Yeah, yeah, go on. He, uh, I don't know if this is why they canceled on him, but when they canceled on him, uh, Jimmy Fallon went up and was like, he did a like a set. He played Desire, you know that song? Yeah, yeah. He played that song by U two and killed it. Doing a full Bono hit by a car full, impersonation. No, not hit by a car. He, <laughs> he just, uh, he just, you know, he did. Uh, he, he sang like him. Right. It was dope. That's tight. Yeah, I was like, that's not shocked. easy to do. He does a lot of those. He does a pretty good Neil Young, which you can you can do a pretty good Neil Young too. Yeah, it takes a few rubber bands around the the old boys to do that one. I mean, you at least. <laughs> I just realized what you were saying. <laughs> you at least look like Neil Young, though. I got the look down. I, I could use another octave on top to, yeah. really, to really nail the voice. Young Neil? Young Neil. Is that your stage name? Yep. Come see us at Halloween. So royal court jesters, back to jesters, they took this seriously, bro. They were considered licensed fools. <laughs> That's fool. a flex. Talk a about fool. a flex. I'm licensed fool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm not just a, a fool, bro. I'm a licensed fool. Damn. Dog. Why'd I go Mexican fool? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, these are fools, not foods. And some jesters had a ton of power and influence, which like makes sense, right? They were able to crack jokes on noblemen. Like, yeah, I'm making fun of kings and shit. Yeah. That's pretty dope, which is pretty impressive. Like, I'm sure since they were like, and, and like the other thing too, that like I think influenced this or why they have so much influence is like, they're entertaining people of high power all the time. So mm-hmm. they're probably always hearing. There's always like hearsay. Yeah. So they're probably like always like whispering in people's ears like they're going to be here at this time. Like, you know. Right. So they have like a, a huge amount of influence. Jesters were even given high honors in court, whatever that means. And then some were awarded with land. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Good Pretty that. interesting. That well deserved, man. Jesters. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm sure they're probably treated better than most comedians today. Absolutely. You know how hard it is to make money as a comedian today? And be able to juggle? <laughs> yeah, dude. <sighs> I guess they deserve. Like maybe off. more comedians today just need to like n- learn actual skills. Unicycles, man. You need to treat this like a trade, bro. Yeah. You got to learn grind, all facets. Dude. They grind, though. It's like... To be so current, you got to... It's like you sad. Gotta constantly take it in and be able to put it out. It's like sad how much they they grind for. I mean, in the beginning, I mean, I, f- I feel like for most of them it probably pays off, but it's like, dude, it's a grind. There was that show called Crashing, which is all about like Pete Holmes, and he had some pretty crazy connections. Like he met like Sarah Silverman and all that kind of stuff. But he had some cool guys kind of supporting him. Yeah, which was pretty cool. I like that. Who's about the them. dude who? Did like a ton of cocaine and Mulaney. No, he like I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Rodney, he's like a big dude. Why oh, can't I remember his name? Oh, um, man, I'm blanking. I, I'm not gonna remember his name, so we got to move on. Kinnison or what? Farley. No, not Farley, Dangerfield. No, like I don't know. Anyway, just we, cocaine comedians. Yeah, we got to skip it. <laughs> Someone's like listening to this podcast. They're like, "It's him! Yeah. It's him!" I know. I'm I'm that guy when I'm listening to like they can't they can't find the Idiot. reference. Like, damn it! <laughs> okay, so one famous jester we're gonna focus on here. Roland the Farter. What a name! What a name! Right? He was a. <laughs> He was a medieval flatulist. Wow. In other words, 
This dude's just a legend. Yeah. Like in my book. I think it's worth noting that even like kings think farts are funny. Like this dude was employed by a king to fart. Goes to show that's confirmation. When do you think farts uh, are funny? When do you think farts became funny? Day one. Day one? You think day one? Yeah. Or do you think that our brains like had to like develop like cavemen would fart and they'd be like they just like wouldn't do anything. And then once we got smarter, they I don't know, once we got smarter, like some they started laughing. Farting and he's like just looks at his buddy like, uh-huh. <laughs> 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 I, it's like that or the complete opposite. And it's just like yeah they're like all grossed out and then once our brains develop into like fully formed human brains that's when farts become funny right which would be really ironic that's what i like to think that's how i like to picture it so that's what i'm such a silly noise yeah that's what i'm gonna roll with it is such a silly (laughs) dude and i like to think that i can rip bro like i can rip some ass and like lay down some gnarly you've heard them yeah i can definitely vouch. can you rip them bro Yeah. yeah you can rip yes yeah I like to think that if there was a such thing as a professional flatulist today, I'd be like in the running up there for sure. Like, you know how you you can look up like top 10 grossing drummers. Mm -hmm. I'd be like top 10 grossing flatulists. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. That'd be dope. I mean, it would, it'd be an easy in, but let's, let's advocate for this happening. I'll be be your agent. We'll bring jesters back and then we'll bring like legit flatulists back. It's going to be sick. Into it. So this guy was in fact a pro- 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 professional, professional flatulist. Yeah, I couldn't talk. Like he actually got paid. That's amazing. To fart. What more could you ask for, dude? Like I, I would quit my job tomorrow if I could get paid to fart, which would be dope. Mm-hmm. So he worked. In Load King... up on milk and red meat. It wouldn't take much <laughs> these days, <laughs> dude. It really doesn't take much at all. Some cheese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, dude. So he worked in King Henry II's court in 12th century England. Okay. So 1100s. 1100s? Yeah. Yeah. Legend goes, he was awarded his own manor in Hemingstone, Suffolk. Nice. <laughs> For ripping him. For ripping him, dude. The king was like, here, here. <laughs> <laughs> you there. You there. With the ass. Take <laughs> with the arsehole. <laughs> his routine Smell consisted of... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably butcher this. It's a Latin phrase. Unum saltum et syphiltum et unum bumbalum. Uh, I'm pretty sure you just nailed it. Yeah, which is Latin for one jump, one whistle, and one fart. <laughs> that was his routine. Were they I don't know if they were speaking Latin or if they just like wrote it in Latin, like you know, being like nobles. They're like Yeah. Look what I can do. Wait, what was the Latin word for fart again? Boombalum. <laughs> Dude, it makes sense. Bumbalum, boombalum. I don't know how you'd pronounce it in, in Latin. Boombalum. Anyways, and this was apparently the king's finale. So like he would have him, and what's what's appropriate is we're in December. He would do this for the holidays. This is like his Christmas thing. Right. He'd have all his homies over. Yeah. He'd be like, get a load of this guy, Dude. <laughs> We all have one of those friends, right? Yeah. It's like, tell him the thing. That's you. No. <laughs> okay. But man, okay, you got to give the guy some props if he can just show up and just fart on command. Well, and that's the thing. Like, was it was it on command or did he have to like time it? 
He had like a little turkey baster that he just like <laughs> shoved some air up there real quick when nobody was looking or what? I didn't even think of that. <laughs> like the forced fart. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that would be like. How many accidents? I mean, that's commitment. How many for, accidents happened in training? I don't know, man. How many trousers has he gone through? Like, did he fart on people too? Or was it just like, so it was what, what, one jump, one whistle and one fart. What does that even mean? Like he did, I'm, like a, I'm, he does a flip. He like whistles a quick tune, and then he just like it slips one out. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's an accident, but yeah. it's what that's, that's genius. You know what it reminds me of immediately is like the South Park movie. I don't think oh, oh, we're gonna we're gonna play that like in, in post. We're gonna put that in. It's so funny. Anyways, what's hilarious <laughs> about this, right? The reason that we know who Roland the Fighter is essentially is because there's record of his performance in what is known as the Book of Fees, right? Which is a document from the 13th century. So why a whole century later? I don't know. Were we on the cusp of like the 12th and the 13th century? I'm not sure. But basically what this means, the Book of book of Fees, right? So some accountant was keeping record of what fees were owed and realized like... <laughs> this dude's name pops up? Yeah, like we have to pay this dude for one jump, one whistle, and one fart. This was like some accountant that had to like keep track of that. That's like the only, that's the only reason we know about rolling the farter, which brings me to my next joke. Do you know where the term, the butt of the joke came from? It's mm. pretty anticlimactic. Mm -mm. It's, it's pretty anticlimactic. It dates back to the 1600s. What were you going to say? Yeah. I was just thinking like being the bottom, being at the bottom. Yeah. Being the ass. Being the ass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not that even that entertaining. So it dates back to the 1600s where archers were, would practice archery. Um, a butt or a mound is where they place their targets. So basically it's another way like a butt is basically saying like they're the target of the joke. It's like a bunghole is not actually your b-hole. What's a bunghole? It's like the hole that they get the wine out of the barrel. Mm. Isn't uh, that like... Referencing back to Shakespeare, doesn't he say something about a bunghole? I just remember being a freshman and reading that, and then like something <laughs> something about a bunghole, and everyone's just like, "You can't not laugh." Bunghole, You just go straight into Beavis and Butthead impressions. Yeah, but but I mean, like a butt isn't. They're not even referring to like your bottom. It's lit. It's just a target, right? It's kind of anticlimactic. I was looking for something like way funnier. Or I don't know. It, it dates back as like further than I thought too. I thought it was going to be a more like recent thing, like in the fifties or something, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, we weren't that smart and just, just one of those things. All right. So some controversial comedians. So you know, have any uh, controversial comedians? Hmm. I mean, all of them in some sense seemingly, but like recently Chappelle has gotten a lot of heat. Yeah. Louis CK got heat. Uh, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think a lot of people, though, like just kind of make assumptions without even really like listening to the comedy? Or do you think that like they're just kind of like regurgitating information that's not necessarily true? I mean, in the age of like headlines, people yeah. just like have an opinion without reading into things. Because people are getting canceled for like like bullshit, you it's know? True. It's true. I don't know. Does this hit on that like... Like, are we getting, like, into, like, a social agenda if I talk about this? I'm not trying to, like, you know, sway anybody's opinion or anything, but, you know, it's just, like, it's just kind of a like cancel culture. Kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff. So, anyways. Stuff. 
we got a couple comedians here. Bill Burr, first one. I just looked up a list of like controversial comedians. Bill Burr, um, he's controversial for the Me Too movement. He made comments about women that might like it rough, which is just kind of in poor taste. Not a not a good way to go about that, right? You don't. Maybe uh, the timing was off. Timing was a little bit off. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, are bad jokes just bad timing? Like, I wouldn't ever joke about nine eleven, but people do. Is there like a safe zone, like as far as like an amount of time goes, when you can just like joke about things? I'm sure Twitter was like blowing up with jokes like the day after Kobe died. Yeah, it just yeah. depends who you are and like like. Do you know how... there's some fool out there that's like. Never okay. <laughs> yeah, no. No, bro. There's also a lot of Too people soon. that like firmly believe that like comedy's dead. Like the comedy's done and comedians yeah, don't really need to exist anymore. Yeah, I kinda wanna I was gonna end with that question. Let's go through these other comedians really quick though. Michael Che, he got shit for posting he basically reposted that video of the girl that was getting like cat called on her like walk in New York. Mm. And that was a pretty insane video. Like that was actually like it made it's me hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really feel like she was in any harm, but it was definitely like eye opening in that like, I don't have to deal with that. Nobody's cat calling me like a hundred times on my walk home. I don't walk home, but I work from home. So it doesn't really apply to me, but you know what I mean? Um, but he was basically slammed for, you know, he, he made a dumb, a dumb remark about like, like, sorry for every girl I ever called pretty on the way home or something like that. You know what I mean? So he felt attacked. He felt a little insecure. Right. It happens. He's also been slammed for being transphobic, apparently, um, which I think is kind of easy to, to, to be labeled as nowadays. Sarah Silverman is another one. She uh, supported blackface in a skit. This was like fairly recently, too. <laughs> I didn't grab the date, but like, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. This blackface isn't funny. You know who else got hit for blackface recently? Oh, I know who who say Oliver Peck. Did he really? Yeah, he doesn't show any face from uh, Ink Masters. Wait, what? Oliver Peck. Oh, I'm thinking Orville. Dude, I make that mistake all the time. Okay, yeah, I I was just watching Ink Masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, Oliver Peck got hit, but it was like something he did back in like the 80s or like early 90s or something. Halloween costume, probably or something. It was a Halloween costume for sure. That but, kind of stuff, you can get over it. We're, people grow. But, like, if you're going to come out today, like, on, you know, your show or whatever and put, put blackface on, like, you're done. Well, that's the thing. It's like, he funny. didn't... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in, intent matters to me. It doesn't matter to a lot of people, but it matters to me. Anyway, Sarah Silverman recently sported blackface. Like, I don't know how recently, but whatever. And then she made an argument, like, she kind of made the question, like, who's had it worse, like, blacks or Jews? Mm. Which is kind of in poor taste, too. Yeah. I mean, Jews had their time. You know? Yeah. That time's pretty much over. (laughs) (laughs) They're good now. Oh, I was talking like the the Egyptians and shit. (laughs) I wasn't talking about the Holocaust. (laughs) You were talking recently. No, no. I was talking. History podcast. But I mean, that was pretty recent, too, you know? Shoot. We bucked up on that. I bucked up on that one. Chappelle. We just talked about Chappelle, mm-hmm. labeled as transphobic. Which, like, did you watch the special? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have gotten transphobic 
watching the special myself. It, I mean, he's told a story about his transphobic friend, and it was funny. It wasn't like anti, all that anti-trans. Yeah, people don't even. I think people would be shocked to hear that he even told a joke about, um, like a trans woman. You know, mm-hmm. or that he was a friend with a trans woman, or they would they would say, "Oh, like that's that's fake. That's a lie." Mm-hmm. You know. That's honestly how I feel about it. Like, it's not even worth talking about because they're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, where'd you hear that? Because Twitter says otherwise or Instagram says otherwise, you know? Totally. It's sad, dude. Nobody does research anymore. Nobody cares. Nobody, Nobody cares. cares enough. Daniel Tosh is the next one. <laughs> this one's kind of funny. What is his controversy? So, well, he says a lot of obscure stuff. Because, uh, like, literally everything that comes out of his mouth is like, I haven't watched. Whoa! Yeah, I haven't watched Tosh.0 in forever. But it's pretty obscure. So basically a woman was heckling him. Um, and he retorted with like, how funny would it be if she got gang raped right this second? Oh so he says that like in the middle of his skit. Yeah. Like, which is kind of funny. But like, if it's you're not a funny. comedy show, you're not. Well, and it's such a sensitive. Seriously. It's such a sensitive topic for so many people. It's like yeah, you can't no, say that without it being. Yeah. Controversial. Kind of coming back to you bite know. you. Like yeah, that's that's a bad one. I guess that probably is in line with like the Me Too movement. What Bill Bill Burr probably or what Bill Burr got knocked for too. What was it again? Um, he I mean he just mentioned that he, he's like made a comment about like what about women that like it rough or something like that. Mm. Like he's a comedian, so he's gonna make stupid remarks like that. But yeah, yeah. Anyways. Let's wrap it up here really quick. I had a, a question for you. We can kind of just like talk about this as we, we close out. But what are your thoughts on comedy today? Do you think that comedians go too far? Like, how do you feel about, about comedy today? I like what's happening in comedy today. I feel like there's a lot of young blood that's like really just offering a new perspective. It's like people are, I don't know, at least myself, I've stopped listening to like, I guess there's not many like, like modern philosophers or anyone, but if I want to like hear something about like, you know, some other, somebody else's perspective on some issue or something, I, I turned to comedy like off. Yeah. Just Cause it's like, if you can point out like the ridiculousness in something and make it funny, you can understand it that much. Yeah, better. no, for sure. I think, yeah, there, it's like a necessity almost, mm-hmm. you know, people want to get rid of it altogether. There's people that think it's never going to be the same, which I don't know. I mean, I think it's always going to evolve. I think, like with like political correctness, um, I struggle a little bit with like, I don't know, like, uh, I'm not the, well, I would say I am pretty like politically correct and that like, I care about what other people, how I make other people feel. And I think that like certain things are not that hard to do, mm-hmm. like to respect people's pronouns or, you know, things like things of that nature. Don't be hateful. But I also think that like when you're trying to like cancel comedians, it's kind of, uh, like, good luck, you know, like, it's, yeah, I don't know. We need comedians, dude. We need comedians in, in the world. What's your take on like roasts? Um, I mean, they're kind of lame at some point. I, I think they dude, used to I be like good. Them. Like I've seen some, I, I just watched the Joe Jonas. Oh the Jonas yeah. Brothers the Jonas Joe's. Brothers roast. I hated it. It was so I bad. I hated it. It was really bad. But the Justin Bieber roast was top to bottom amazing yeah so was like charlie sheen yeah yeah i was i did a little bit of digging on roast but it wasn't like 
they didn't really go too deep on it. Uh, it's like kind, kind of, of a newer idea, probably. Yeah, I think it is a newer idea. Um, what's interesting is I feel like it kind of came about with like, um, uh, like kind of like in not in times of like luxury, but it's definitely like people that they think can take the punch because like they have everything already. Like you can't really bring them down. So yeah. like you know, but I think it's a great way to kind of face the public at times. Like Charlie Sheen, I think his was like perfect timing. Yeah, like he was going through it. It was that like that was like at the Tiger Blood and like the hashtag winning whole thing going on. Like yeah, right there was that. a bunch of he stuff was doing some weird shit. Well, ready to wrap it up? Let's do it. Cool, dude. Well, thanks for being here again. Episode two, History of Comedy. This was fun. This was fun. Yeah, I learned a lot. Me too. Dude, I was like literally tripping out when we were like talking about how it's like, it was all about like political satire and turning people against each other. That's so awesome. Like, I, I feel that. like political satire exists today, but it's just like disguised in tweets. Yeah. You know, or like, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like comedy anymore. But, like, you know, I think that's all we see all the time is, like, political satire. Exaggerating, where yeah. Say. Completely over-exaggerating. Like, like, I joked about it earlier about, like, yelling about, like, you know, they're only, like, Mexico's only sending over rapists or, like, ivermectin is a horse dewormer. But, like, literally, like, these are huge over-exaggerations on either side of the fence. Or we're, like, witnessing this today. I thought that was, a, I just was, like, tripping out, dude. I was, like, putting together this outline and I was, like, dang. Like, it's, like, right in front of your eyes. Yeah. You know? It's still happening. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, like, it's live Sweet. comedy, and people don't even know. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. I wish it was funnier, though. I wish it was funnier, too. It's not that funny. What's funny? Or, well, not, sorry. What's not? It's not funny. I get... Oh, dude, are we getting into, like, exactly what I don't want to get into? <laughs> which is, like, social problems and... Yeah. I don't know. It's just funny how, like, people don't do research. Yeah. You know. Anyways, let's end there. Let's end there. All right. Fist bump. Yes. Boom. Cool. EP2. Peace out. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. <laughs>